cliffcentral.com. Okay, it is time now for us to welcome to the show back again after 30 years of touring, six children, two ex-wives, a new wife. Sure. Six DVDs. What a life. Two movies. Las Vegas, John Cleese, Billy Connolly, millions of air miles and a lifetime achiever statue on his mantelpiece. Barry Hilton, the quintessential South African comedy giant, joins us this morning. Look at him. Hello, Baza. You look fucking sp- you look spectacular. Look at you. I, do, eh? I didn't want to shave <laughs> this morning because I thought I wanted to just <laughs> Look at you. I didn't want to shave. You look great. I wanted to prove that people with hair can still grow beards. <laughs> Barry. And also it's it's nonsense, you know, to that they say that if you if you bald you virile and all that stuff. Virile. Yeah, I've got yeah. six children, <laughs> bro. Six. Yeah. But so, you're not bald. Mm, I mean, no, you've got... Check so That's phenomenal. Now, that's a real talent. I don't think a lot of people well, can do that. And you can't, I mean, you know, you can't go to Turkey. You, you can't go to Turkey and learn that. Yeah, I was watching a thing the other day with uh, Jacques Cullis. I mean, obviously, <laughs> obviously one of the best batsmen in the world or the best all-rounder in the whole world. And he was doing an advert about drinking some sort of juice or whatever... And, yeah, uh, I said to my wife, check it out. I'm going to take this stuff. Jacques Callis could do it because the the line was it puts hair on your chest, and I thought, <laughs> well, he should actually rather say it puts hair on your head. <laughs> Shame. He was quite famously one of the guys who first went for a hair transplant, wasn't he? Or Absolutely. or he used some. Yeah, you know, no, everybody knows that about him. No, sure. I mean, why Listen, not, you know? if it makes you feel better. So, um, Barry, first of all, I I do want to just talk about this new show that you're doing because this is really interesting. It's you not call a show. it. Well, I mean, it's it's a a thought provoking life in three D journey. So, is this on yes. DVD? How, how do we get this? It's like I'm doing. It's aimed at corporates ah. and stuff like that. And basically, what it is, my struggles with depression, uh, dyslexia, and DDHA. Oh my God! So, I brought you on thinking we. I, I brought you on thinking we would laugh this morning. This is no, it is laugh. It's very funny. <laughs> It's an extremely funny talk that I've done. You know, I was actually talking to a guy yesterday that um, we tend to get typecast. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, yeah. um, so I've since, since COVID came along, I realized that the internet is the way to do things, whatever. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I created was a platform called Cousin Approved, where I take people's product, I write a funny uh, story about their product, and then at the end I go, da da da, Gareth Cliff, I'd buy that for my cousin. Okay, so, and it's working for me. I've got a green screen at home and people send me product. I do the review about the stuff that I like, send it to them, and then they sell it on and and market it on their, they market the video at 60 seconds, you know? So So when I tell people that, when I tell people I've actually written a card game that is for for companies to to give as a corporate gift, yeah, um, and then I tell them that I've got this keynote talk that I do. The first thing ninety nine point nine percent people say to me is, "Is that your real hair?" No, and I. The first thing that ninety nine point nine. The first thing that ninety nine point nine percent people say to me, "Oh wow, um, do you not get work anymore as a comedian?" Yeah, and yeah, I they, say, they, they, I you get can't loads do, of work as you, a comedian, you, but I choose to do something else. Right, you can't do more than one thing, otherwise it's, sure. it screws up some people's heads. I mean, you know, we talk about the gig economy where you know, people, especially young people, are able to do like four different jobs. Yes. Some of them they do virtually from their home. Some of them they're out there on the street hustling, doing whatever they do. But 
it seems like when you've been really successful at something, and I mean, all of those things I said about you at the beginning, just to remind people, listen, I mean, it's just, it's a phenomenon. I'm sorry. Did I say 30? I'm, I'm sure it must be wrong. Yeah. No, 40 years. I mean, that is an incredible CV. And as far as comedy goes, and a lot of people who can boast those kinds of accolades, but I suppose when you're that successful at one thing, people do think that you're only able to do one thing, right? Without a doubt, without all the time, every time I, you know, I, I take, that's what I say. The first thing I get is, oh, wow, is, is uh, comedy not good? Yes, of course <laughs> it's good. And you know what else I get? <laughs> I hear that, I hear that you're going to go do a tour in England. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do they understand you? And I say, well, I, I say, well, actually, I speak Polish, you know, so. <laughs> But Barry, I mean, I've been around you a couple of times where you and I have yes. had conversations yes. and we, we invariably, you and I start complaining about shit and you are really good at that. Now, I, I know lots of people think of you and they think this is the funniest guy and you really are hilarious. Been to some Thank of your you. shows and you, you're bloody fantastic at it, but you also are really good at being a grumpy old man. Like when you complain, yes. I've, I find it hilarious. A lot of people wouldn't, yes. but I've heard you like go on a tirade for like 10 minutes. And to me, it could be, it's not everybody's cup of tea, but man, is it hilarious to hear you bitching and moaning about all kinds of things. And you're good at it. I mean, that just flies in the face. It flies in the face of these people who say, for example, you should always be funny. And you know, the ones who come up to you and go, Hey, Betty, tell us a joke, which is very irritating. Yeah, but you know what? You, you, You can't knock those people because they want to hear a joke or whatever. Can I, here's a funny thing. Uh, they you want, cannot. you know, they expect me. Oh, there's Barry. You know, I'll talk to somebody about, um, hey, there's something wrong with my car. I, the, I've got a little knock on the left hand side. I believe it's the ball joint or whatever. And the mechanics like this, <laughs> waiting for the punchline. <laughs> yeah, I'll say no. There is something wrong with my car, dude. Can you? <laughs> so people are like that, but I mean, you can't. You know, I, I can't be I can't be upset about that because that's what people know me for. But uh, we all have all to right. change. So these three these three D because you, you it's a nice yes. play on word your life in three D. But the first one is depression. Now this doesn't surprise me. It might surprise surprise a lot of people. Lots um, of people. But comedians, Barry, I can't tell you how many comedians we've had. We had David Cowan last week, and he was ranting and raving about the government and saying how shit everything is, which. I mean, I know for a fact he had a really tough time during COVID. Um, I would say, I would say 80%. It's become like a running joke on the show that the comedians that we try and get on here, because we want them to make people laugh, come on and unburden themselves and share their. their... (laughs) No, but it's, there's a relationship between depression and comedy. A lot of comedians are actually very depressed. Uh, Can I just embellish on that? There's a relationship between depression and success. Do you know mm-hmm. how many lawyers? Do you know how many lawyers actually kill themselves? But, I mean, we they, should be, but we should be happy no, about still, that. No, of course we should be happy. I mean, I got arrested <laughs> once, and I said to my friend, "Do you know a good criminal lawyer?" And he said, "Is there any other kind?" You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but yeah, tell like, me about this this relationship between no, success friend, and depression. Well, it's success because okay, there I am. I'm on the. I'm on the Sydney Opera House. I fill the Sydney Opera House. I've got two and a half thousand people there. I'm working. I did two and a half hours. And I'm thinking to myself, shit, 
what am I going to do next year? How, how am I going to get, am I going to be as popular next year? Am I going to do this? And then this little seed of doubt gets put into your head. You know, that's why I think it's important that we always try. We try, we try all the time. Uh, also footballers, for instance, Gary Speed. He played mm-hmm. for Everton and he was the, he was the, the, the manager of Wales. And uh, he was doing great. He came home one day and just hung himself. So, Jesus. because it, and you know what it is? There's a, there's a big correlation between success. Here I am successful. Am I still going to be successful next week? Shit, maybe not. And then the depression rots in. That's what uh, Robbie, uh, uh, Robin Williams, for God's sakes. I mean, who would have thought? Mm, exactly. Who would have thought? Yeah. You know? But Barry, I mean, so you've, you've obviously dealt with this for a long time and, you know, I, I, this is not an ageist thing, but also, you know, you're, you're maybe a generation ahead of me or at least 10, or 15 years. I don't know. You're not that, no, you're not that much older than me, but the fact well, is that nobody really, it, yeah, it's become very, my, can I just say, say I've, I've got ADHD. That's one of the things I talk about. Okay. I, I said to my kids this morning, do I look 67? They said, no dad, Jeez. but you used to. <laughs> Barry, no, you, Barry it's, 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 it's generational though that, that people never used to talk about their problems now all they do is talk about their problems um you know oh, prince no. harry and and Meghan markle have got this special on about um mental health for example and for someone yeah. of 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 your generation your age to talk about this is a lot harder than for someone in their 20s and you probably only figured out that this was something that you had a lot later in life it wasn't something that was obvious you went to the nut house i did i was actually screaming at my wife sandy i couldn't understand what was wrong my depression would come in these waves and then i'd be fine for months and then something would happen and whatever so i was screaming at sandy in a restaurant for some obscure reason in the morning and then I just, in mid-sentence, I said to her, please take me to the doctor. And that evening, I was in a clinic. But I wanted to go because I knew there was something lacquer, not lacquer about me. So I went there. But I used that as an experience to help me out. And this is a true thing, and I use it in my talk. I go there, and the psychologist says to me, you know, I'm so glad you're here because not many people come in here admitting that they're not well. Okay, so I said to him, how long am I going to stay here? He said, about 14 days. And I was like, no, but you can't, I can't do 14 days here. Why? He said, because usually <clears throat> six to eight days, people are in denial about their illness. So because I've got ADHD, I said to him, denial? I've already been to Egypt. What's the problem? <laughs> Can I get a credit? <laughs> and this guy looked at me and I said, dude, oh, I've come shit. here because I want to get better. And the funniest thing, a couple of, uh, about a month and a half ago, I was doing a gig and I bumped into this guy. He said, do you remember me? I said, yeah, I actually do. He said, yeah, we were in the clinic together. I said, oh, that's fantastic. He said, please don't mention anything to anybody. Wow. And I said, I said, but if you don't talk about it, you're going to get back into the clinic. You're going to get back there. Do you think, do you think that you, you developed your, do you think you developed your sense of humor because you, you, it was a defense mechanism or, or did your yeah. sense of humor? I mean, because when people are, it, it might start at a young age, right? And you, you're not sure how to fit in. Um, you, you're not sure how to get girls interested in you, all of that stuff. Yeah. But it could also be that somehow the, the mind knows that there's this thing because it's, it's largely chemical 
Um, yes. And, and you have this, this depression lurking in the background and you know, it's yep. there. I mean, every, everybody knows when they feel a certain way, even if you haven't had a diagnosis and then you develop these defense mechanisms, these skills that help you to overcome it and present yourself to the world in a, in a, so in some ways it really was the bedrock of your success. Without a doubt. Uh, what one particular thing is, and I talk about it in my, in my keynote talk, my mother had polio. So she was classed as a cripple and uh, she had this caliper and her leg was like straight. It used to stick out like, you know, whatever. So wherever she sat, her leg was sticking out. Must have been horrible giving birth. It must have been horrible giving birth to you with one leg stuck out like that. Yeah, absolutely. But at least she had a bit of a leg up. (laughs) (laughs) No, but anyway, so one day I was 13 years old. I will never forget this in my, it it was one of the most important parts of my life. Some drunk guy came past my mom and my dad when we were at this beer garden and looked at my father and looked at my mom and said to my dad to his face, seriously? Why would you marry a cripple? And I was like, my mother's crippled? That's I didn't horrible. know that. But my, no, no, but wait for this. This is the best. My old man destroyed this guy, destroyed him with five words. He didn't get violent. He didn't get aggressive. He, the guy said, why would you marry a cripple? My dad looked at him and said, I don't like walking fast. Boom. <laughs> the guy was history. There was no comeback from that. There was nothing. And I thought to myself, Wow. 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 And then from that day onwards, I used my natural humor to, to fend off bullshit like that. But then it wanted, and then because I was funny, people then say to me, you should be a professional comedian. I thought, what a good idea. That's better than working. So <laughs> you do that stuff, you know? So humor is a, is a massive important part of anybody's life yourselves, even. You know, everybody needs humor in their lives. I just chose to use it to my benefit because I can't remember scripts and things well, like I, that because I've got serious ADHD. I really do. Um, I mean, thank, thank God you did because we've all benefited from it. So, I mean, well, I'm God. very, I'm, I, I'm very grateful for your depression. Barry. And even, um, I'll tell you who's benefited from it more was uh, Previn Gordon, the tax actor. Yes, yes, yeah, okay. and he has no he has no sense of humor at all. Well, uh, and so also, Barry, he needs to go to he needs to go to to that uh, to Jacques Callas's hair clinic as well. Yeah, shame, and probably the depression clinic you went to as well. I just want to talk about this clinic that you went to because yes, I think it's quite a big deal, and you know, men especially, are, men are reticent to do this stuff because they think it impacts on their strength as the head of the house or as a provider or yeah, as a father. And, you know, we have a lot of people in this country, old and young, black and white, rich and poor, who are all very concerned about how other people see them. And when you actually have the balls to say to, in your case, your wife or anyone else, I'm going I'm to check trouble. myself in here. I'm, I'm in trouble. I need some help. Uh, what do they do in these clinics? Because most of us don't have any idea. You know, we've heard horrible stories from the 1900s, the early 1900s. They'd put people no, in straight like jackets. They'd shock them and they'd torture them and... And, you know, like all well, sorts of horrible shit. Did they? they did. I went through some serious shock treatment. They said to me, if you don't come right, your mother-in-law is coming to live with you. So, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So you go to this clinic, okay, and then they have all of these things that you do. The sad part about it is this clinic that I went to have one complete ward, one complete ward 
for teenage girls yeah. who are having serious problems. But anyway, yeah. so they'll give you like, they'll say, um, we, the one thing we all sat together and you draw a picture of your life in a, in a human form. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you've got to stand up with your picture and stand up and say, okay, this is this, this is that, this is this. Okay. And, and then that one of the questions was, draw it ha- as you see it. So there was like eyes all over the place and you know, whatever you do. And the woman said to me, um, who else do you think went to a clinic like this? I said, Picasso. <laughs> <laughs> but Barry, did they tell you, seriously, did they say to you, yeah. stop, just stop, just switch off the funny, please. And no, take they actually seriously. encouraged it. Oh, really? That's interesting. They said to me, this is who you are. Be who you are. If you're a, if you're a tough and rough oak, be that person, but realize that you are also human. And it's a, you're allowed to be like that. You know, there's a friend of mine in, in New Zealand called Mike King. He's a massive comedian. He stopped because of the problem with teenage suicide in, in New Zealand. You might, you should want to interview him one day. He's really good. Yeah. Um, the Maori uh, culture mm. has the, the largest suicide, teenage suicide rate in the world. And it's because of, you know, shut up, suck it up. You're a man. You don't cry. And it's nonsense, you know. If if I was talking to you now and I said, shit, you know, Gareth, I've got a bit of problem with my flipping cholesterol, you might go like, oh, you know what? My mate had cholesterol and he went to the doctor and he did, he took these tablets. It's sweet, man. Don't worry about that. But no, if I, there's no shame. You, yeah. yeah, if I had to say to you, yeah, I'm having a really bad time with my, my sort of self esteem and, and I'm feeling about depressive and maybe I'm suicidal. Then you, that, that person you're talking to, like, looks at you like you've got flipping leprosy and then mm. changes the subject and then mm-hmm. goes and talks to somebody else because it's like, Oh no, you can't talk about being uh, uh, sick, but it's, it's, it's part of, we humans for God's sakes, you know, our brains aren't the, aren't like sort of immune from this crap. I'm sure there's times in your life that, uh, well, I know there's times in your life that you've got up and you thought, no, I can't do this shit anymore. I'm sick and tired of people hassling me and do this. I bet you this. I, well, I know it is. And then 10 minutes later, the, the real Gareth Cliff comes out and says, you know what? Bugger these dogs. I'm doing it. You know, people, if you tell me that's never happened to you, then I'll be very shocked. Um, I, I, I have been the person you described just now where you said, you know, these people who change, change the subject and don't want to talk about Yes, M- mental illness and other people's emotional problems. I've been yeah. that guy a lot. Um, my my friends know, for example, if they're going through relationship shit, I'm not the best friend to talk to because I'm going to make yeah, fun yeah. of them. And and I have through this show, since you bring it up, I've learned to listen more, and yes. I think I've become better at it. But but I'm I genuinely don't know how depression feels, Barry. And and I think well, there are a lot of people. Yeah, I, I am, but maybe that's also why I'm not as successful as you are. <laughs> right, no, you are successful. Let's get successful first. <laughs> no, but, you know. All right, but, uh, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm interested, like, did they put you on meds or did they just give yes. you, like, therapy and stuff? So what sort of – are you still on meds? I mean, is this something that, that you think no, is chronic? I'm, I'm no, I'm fine now. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> what I did, I was actually taking a huge amount of sleeping tablets so the, 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 the psychiatrist said to me, listen, this is actually compounding your problem. And I said, really? He said, yes, you need to be on X, Y, and Z. So I said, okay, when do I start? He said, well, we'll have to wean you off 
And I said, no, bullshit, man. I'm not here. I'm not here for the long run. I want to get out. I'll stop mm. my mess today. And he said to me, that's not going to happen. I said, it is going to happen. And I, I just stopped taking my sleeping tablets and bullshit, bullshit that evening. And then I started the next day. And he was like, wow, that's flipper. I said, no, dude, I've come here because I'm not well. I want to get better. So I did that immediately. So you, and I still have to take meds. I mean, every day I take meds just to, so it's a certain balance of meds I take. It's like having cholesterol. You take a tablet, but instead yeah. I take a tablet sure. to make you feel that. Here's, here's an example. There I am smashing the, the, the Grand West Casino, 4,000 people. 4,000 mm -hmm. people. Okay. Amazing. I get a letter three days later from one oak. One guy who said to me, I was at your show and it was crap. Did you know I locked myself in my bedroom for three days? Jeez, Barry. And then eventually Sandy came to me and said to me, look, you know, Baz, 3,999 people loved what you said. And just like that, I came yeah. out of the depression. And, you know, people say to me, is depression a dark place and what's happening? I said, well, it is a very, very dark place. But you can't blame Eskom for everything. You know? <laughs> Barry, there's this brilliant yeah. sketch from Harry no. Enfield where, where he's he yes. actually he plays the role of a South African pharmacist, a chemist, and he's standing there and he goes, Prozac, Prozac, Prozac. He's looking for it on the shelf. Prozac, Prozac. I'm sorry to depress you, Mrs. Beasley, but we're out of Prozac. <laughs> I saw the job. I like you very good. So, okay, depression is one of the D's and I think there are way more people who are suffering from this that don't even know about it. So I think it's also Dyslexia. really great. No, no, but hang on before we even move on, because you're doing this as a corporate talk as well. So, I mean, yes. every company now has in their HR department, someone, the big companies, they all have someone wellness. who is busy taking care of wellness. Right. And, and this yes. has become a major thing now because obviously, you know, some people's parents are shit. Some people's, Home life is shit. Some people's relationships are shit. I mean, it's all really, really tough. And maybe the one place that you can get the help is at work. And if people had to book you for this talk, there might be people in the audience who suddenly realize, oh, my God, that's what I've got with depression. Yeah, a lot of people. I've done three so far. I just, I mean, I just launched it uh, a week and a half ago, and I've done three um, to test it out and all that stuff. I've got massive response from it. And um, people come to me and say, wow, I needed that. And my, my response to them is, actually, I needed that because that was part of my depression. Now, I'm still going to be good. And the fact that you're laughing at the stuff I'm telling, even though it's, it's complete, it's very serious, but I made it very, mm. very funny. I said, you are actually helping me get over my depression all the time, every day. So it's, it's an ongoing thing. Depression doesn't leave you. It's not like, oh, you've got a cold and it goes away. Mm. Depression is there forever, forever. Mm. But no, you can't cure it. No, you, but you can control it. You find your triggers and you control it. I, I mean, I bought a bicycle um, and I, I've been, bought a, quite a few bicycles, and, but I didn't like this one. I didn't like this one. Please don't talk about your ex-wives like that. That's very rude. No, that's terrible. Yo. Yo. <laughs> what are you trying to peddle here? So... <laughs> I bought this bicycle and I, it was a nice bicycle and I really like electric bike. And then people say, oh, it's cheating and all that. Then I found this other bike that I found that it's like more of a, a more of a, you can enjoy this bicycle. 
And mm-hmm. I love I love riding this bicycle because it's fun to ride. You can go on the beach. You can do this and that and that. So that is one of my get out of jail free cards. If I'm feeling a little bit shitty, I get on right. my bicycle and I go and have a ride and I listen to music oh. and I have a jaw. So you you got to learn to to handle it. And first of all, I know this sounds contradictory. You have to man up to the fact that you have depression yeah. and say, guys, it's not a big yeah. deal. You know, other than that, I'm a normal oak, you know? Yeah. More or less. More or less. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Well, I mean, if, imagine uh, if I was like, if I was like one, one of these Ritalin oaks and I'd be talking to you like this. Hi, Gareth. How are you today? I'm, yeah. I'm no, really that's not good. good. No, not, not good. Not, okay. Not, so, so, I mean, you've got this combo because it's three things. It's the, it's the depression. And now you've already mentioned the ADHD. So let's talk about that for a little bit because. I think there are lots of us who also have that. And, and, you know, someone said to me the other day, if they were doing these kinds of diagnoses when I was at school, I would have definitely been put on something because I yes. like you can't concentrate. I can't concentrate for long. If you want to kill my soul, put me in a meeting for two hours. I will die seven small deaths through the course of that meeting. I'll be looking for every excuse. I don't think you'd be the only one. Jeez, to get up to scream, to run, to look at my phone. Everything distracts me. It's very hard for me to focus. Is that what you're talking about with you? Yes. When I'm, I, I don't know if you've noticed, I interrupted you three or four times already. And it's not because I'm rude. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's not because I'm rude. It's not because I want to get all the limelight. It's not because I'm arrogant. It's because my mind goes, okay, I understand what you're saying. Next. Next. You understand? It's not that I'm rude. It's next. One of the stories mm-hmm. I tell about with ADHD got me into so much trouble in school. And this is a true story. I use it in my speech. That one, the one teacher called me stupid the one time when I was in school. Stupid. And he said mm-hmm. to me, I'm going to fail because I'm stupid and I'm going to stay in this class until I get more brains to, clear, to be clever to get out. <laughs> and he said to me, so what do you think about that, Mr. Hilton? And without thinking, bro, I said to him, you know, sir, I've checked the school records and you've been in this class for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't because I was trying to be arrogant or it wasn't because I was trying That's to hilarious. be just, I thought, but hold on, this Oaks teaches us therefore. Why can you tell me this guy? But I'm sure you you understand. ADHD is the yeah. is the weirdest yeah. look, it's brilliant nowadays for my sex life because thirty seconds you can go watch soccer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, Look, I mean, this is this is one where you don't have to explain much to me, but maybe for other people's benefit, it's it's also um, you can get help for this stuff. But uh, we used to just get clubs when I mean, when I was at uh, sure. if, if my parents thought I was I was not paying attention, they'd just give me a club <laughs> and and they told the teachers to give me a club, and I, it yeah. kind of it helps to get you focused. I mean, if nothing else, it's a little well, bit sore it. for a while. Yeah, I thought so. Think- I mean. I think that if 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 you if you have ADHD and people are not uh, nice about it, that could lead to depression because you think shit. What's wrong with me? Because like you know, uh, don't interrupt me while I'm interrupting you, dude. That's what ADHD <laughs> is. About. So it's uh, and it's not because we are ugly people. Like you said, if you go do it. If you're in a, in a, in a courtroom or whatever, or in a, in a meeting and you're thinking, Oh, for God's sakes, I understand what you're talking about. Yeah, Let's get on to the next exhausting. subject, please. And that what, exactly what you said now. It's exhausting because you're thinking, mm. I know what you're talking about. Let's mm. go on. Here's, here's an example. I have this really 
brilliant young lady who's a PA for me, who I have an absolute hard time with her because I say, I want you to do this, this, and this. And she says, but we've got to do this, this. And I said to her, I'm telling you exactly what you've just told me now. And she says, you didn't tell me that. I said, but I didn't. You've been there. I talk in the, like she talks the very next step. I go the next step, the next step, the third step after that. That's what I'm in that space already. That's what do you, ADHD does. Do you do you think that the, this ADHD because it's still they're still figuring out what some of these conditions are and and Simpio, I don't know if you've got any of this uh, depression ADHD. I mean, everybody's got a little bit of something because no one's brain is perfectly chemically balanced all the time. And then there's circumstantial stuff that also affects you know if someone dies or if you have to move yeah. house or something traumatic happens mm-hmm. to you that can seriously throw things out of kilter. But with this ADHD thing, do you think it also has to do because I'm very, very much interested in certain things and I yes. can focus on those things and I'm good at them and I want to be the best at them and I'll learn everything I can about them. But the things I don't care about, Barry, I do not give two shits about. You You could put that stuff in front of me every day. I'll never develop an interest well, in it. You could force feed it to me. Like, one. Is, is that the same, the same thing? Yeah. Well, without a doubt. My, um, you know what? Um, my, my beautiful wife, Sandy, we've been married now 15 years. We're having a job. She does that side of the, the business. She tells me five or six times up to when I'm going to do a gig. And yeah. she'll tell me, tomorrow you're doing this and this and this and this. And I'll wake up tomorrow morning and say, uh, what am, what I, am doing? I doing? Mm-hmm. And she'll go like, Betty, I told you. But now she understands me. And here's, here's the funniest thing. You know, when I get on stage, people come to see me and they say, you know, what? I saw you three weeks ago and your show was about 80 to 90% different than what it was three weeks ago. And I'll say, yeah. Yeah, because you're and bored. Say, How do you do that? I say, because I can't start at A and end at Z. Because when I'm talking about A, I'm thinking, oh, shit, you know, what about that? It's in mm. my, my brain is, you explained it just now. My brain is working about something else. And I think, well, let me mm. just talk about that for a little while and then talk about yeah. that for a little. The, the weirdest thing, when I'm doing my keynote talk, would you believe this? I have to have uh, a little, uh, uh, on my iPad, little uh, little notes that come up yeah. so I can keep the sequence. And people say to me, I don't understand. Your talk was brilliant, but you had, you had to go back to your notes. I said, yeah, because otherwise I would have, <laughs> you know, we, we booked here for 45 minutes. We would have been here till the Wednesday, you know, other than that. Absolutely <laughs> so you right. Understand my pain. You understand? Yeah. So ADHD right. is a, is a weird thing. Eh? So what's the third one? What's the third D? Dyslexia. Yeah. Okay. So the, the, you really are, you got the trifecta of shit things. Um, That's why if you, if you read about it, it's, it's depression. It's depression. I say dyslexia and DDHA, not ADHD. <laughs> so a lot of people go like, but it's spelled wrong. And I go like, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So, uh, dyslexia is obviously, and, and you can correct me if I get this wrong, but it's when, uh, you're actually left-handed or right-handed or you're ambidextrous, but they force you to do one of those and it confuses the brain. The brain, uh, your left brain is actually controlling the right-hand side of your body and your yeah. right brain is controlling the left-hand side of your body. Yeah. But sometimes for some people, the wires get crossed. Yeah, I'm left-handed. So that means okay. I think with the right brain, which tells right. me it's the right brain. 
But anyway, <laughs> but dyslexia is I read things that are back to front. Yes. Without, I'll read something and I could swear I will say, I'll read something and it says da 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 da. Oh, okay, cool. And I look back at it and I say, oh shit, it doesn't say that. <laughs> Actually, it says other things. You know, so did you, did you struggle with writing at school as well? Absolutely. The only thing I could do well in school, the weirdest thing was mathematics and science and like algebra and stuff like that, you know, because I enjoyed that. Like you said, because I immersed myself into that. But the English language and what's, this on, and history, what's on one uh, side of the one side of the equal sign is the same as what's on the other side of the equal sign. Doesn't yeah. matter which side you start. That's basic Absolutely. algebra, for example. So you like yeah. that. But but the other subjects, especially oh, man, with, word, with words, and mm. that confused you. You know, I, I here's the weirdest thing. I don't read. I've probably read six books in my whole life it's because if it doesn't catch me in the first 30 seconds, maybe two minutes, I'm out. So, But now mm-hmm. what I've done now is, you see, there's another thing. There's a way around things in life. I actually voraciously listen to audio books. Right. Because it got my attention. Do you know what I'm saying? I can't it, pick it, up a book and go read this. It's, no, almost no, no. Like, it's almost like you're describing that your ears are better for learning and your eyes, eyes. Bit, yes. yeah, your eyes, your eyes let you down when it comes to learning in a, a conventional sense. Well, but were you, were you, good morning. <laughs> were you forced to, to use your right hand, even though you were um, left handed? Uh, yes, but I refused. You know oh, good. Cause that happened to a lot of people. Uh, I mean, called in and said, you know, this, this man's from the devil. He loses his left hand. I just said, no, I just refused completely. I wouldn't do it. Uh, yes, because I said, why must I do it? And then, and actually, funny enough, I, w- I went to the. I was in a, in a school in the UK at the time, and like it went that. to the the head teacher came anyway, in and they said, why don't you write with your with your right hand? I said, because I choose uh, not to. And they said, but uh, can you write with your right hand? I said, yes. And I wrote it because I can do it. And they said, well, why don't you write with your right hand? I said, because my left hand feels better. Yeah, so that's it's like people. Uh, it's like people who play golf, um, and they put their left hand over their right or their right hand over their left. I mean, you kick a soccer ball with your dominant leg, and and for some people, it just it feels right. Um, it it yeah. seems to me like it's not controversial at all, but at one stage, it was right. Well, absolutely. Do you oh. play golf? No, I'm. I, no, I've tried many times to play golf, but and clearly, I'm left-handed. Okay, but now this is where my ADHD comes in and all that stuff. Yeah. The guys, That's why I'll pick up a golf club and I'll put it in my left hand. They say, oh, my God, you left-handed. And then my instead of getting cross about it, I do what my dad did. Sort of, okay, I say, I'm not, I'm actually right-handed, but I'm giving you a chance today. And then they go like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> instead of getting confrontational about it, you know, I just say, you're right, yeah, no problem. So, so I just want to go through I, I want to go through a couple of these comments to just alleviate your depression. So John Bad Dog says Barry pulled the piss out of me three times. The first was at Hunter's Pub in Boxburg oh, in wow. the nineties after I walked in late after smoking a joint outside, and that was exactly what he ripped me and in, ripped into me for. So well done on that oh, one. Jared. Uh Valerie says Hi Barry. First time I saw you doing your thing was in the early nineties at the Deal Crawl Gold Mine in Gee, in Carltonville, wow. That's deep, eh? <laughs> <You've traveled. laughs> 
Um, second time was at Carnival, says John Bad Dog. You picked me out of the crowd, asked where I came from, told him Boxburg, and he was on me for five minutes. <laughs> ah, that's great. <sighs> so this you know is so good. Belittle people. I actually talked to them about it. But I, I mean, say, listen, Boxburg is. Be careful about Simpu is from the East Rand. So. I'm from Boxburg. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I left. The, I left the East Rand because of the crime problem. Really, the police kept on catching me. You know. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lebo Khang says a legend in the house. I used to see oh, this wow. great man uh, growing up doing the Savannah ads. Yeah, that that oh, was a big thank deal. You. Thank you, Lebo Khang. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, then a lot of people are just massive fans of yours here. Uh, David Sachs. David Sachs says, my dad is the biggest Barry Hilton fan. I'm 35. I've grown up with Barry all my life. Such a legend. Thank you for making my life and my family's life so much better. You'll always wow. be relevant. That's hmm. cool, eh? Oaks asked me, they said to me, are you a legend? I said, well, yeah, maybe just after Toyota. <laughs> See, that's uh, what happens with, with, with my brain. That's how it works, you know. You just got to make it. Well, Janet, Janet says, Barry, it takes guts to speak out. Thank you. I was diagnosed with ADHD in 2018 after thinking I was stupid for years. Added to my depression and anxiety, I maintain humor is the best medicine. Without a doubt. You can see she's ADHD because she uh, it should have been about a four-page letter to me, but she's got cut full <laughs> off way. <laughs> you, you know uh, what? I love it. Fact that you told me that you have ADHD, because there you are. Uh, uh, well, I, think, I mean, I, it's never been diagnosed, but I think it is. I think it's what. Well, it is. I would imagine it is. But the fact that you say you you're listening to people and you're thinking, "Get me out of here!" If there mm. is a God, please change the subject. You have yeah. ADHD, boo. I think so. So, and well done for admitting it. Well. So wait, seventeenth uh, March, uh, Gareth Cliff officially got diagnosed with. Well, by Barry Hilton. Barry's my doctor. By Barry now. Hilton. Yeah. Doctor Hilton. Yeah. Yes. Anybody? Yeah. Anybody has any questions? Speak to Doctor Hilton. He'll sort it out for you. So Barry, um, let's just check. Simpua, you don't have dyslexia or depression or ADHD. None, None of that. Um, I lucky. am left-handed, so I, I do you mm. know understand some of the challenges that come with being a left-handed. Well, well done, no. Simpua. If you left handed, yeah. do the right thing. <laughs> oh, fuck. So Barry, do you think do you think South Africa is a country that that takes these things seriously enough? Because no. I did mention well, earlier that you know there are lots of especially, you know, in men and, and traditional black families, Afrikaans families, they're very uh, conservative about this stuff. Um even even like the libs and the poorers and the Jews, you know, they take these things very seriously and you can't be a real. Okay. Yeah. What do you think of that? Because that's a, that's a big influence. I think that, you know, the world has changed and we should actually, everybody should move up with the times. You can't still live in the, in the sixties, you know? So it is, I think slowly, but surely, the mental health it, it things coming through and people are wanting to be who they are. The millennials, they, they yeah. say that they have four to five careers. Mm-hmm. Imagine that when, when I, like when I was at you, you, okay, you become electrician and then you work for 47 years to become electrician. And after that, you get a wife, 2.3 kids, a valiant and a caravan. That's how life used to be. 
But nowadays, you can ch- chop and change and chop and change. Yeah, but it's the truth, Gareth. Ask your dad. Uh, valiant you know in a caravan. <laughs> you know a valiant? This young lady was thinking, what the hell is a valiant? So it was a, it was a South African car that if you, you, had to, you had to wear khaki shorts or a, a, a safari suit to drive it. That was the sort of condition. <laughs> so, Barry, here's a, a comment from Carl. He says, yes. Barry played my high school 25 years ago. He was a role model to me. My parents were very concerned about that. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I thank you very much, Carl. You know, I have, I have six children, seven if you count. I, uh, we sort of adopted my nephew. Okay. Um, it's a long story. But all of my kids, I say to them, dude, do what you do. Don't flip yeah. and tell. Let anybody else tell you what to do. Because my whole life was like that. Shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. You will do this. You will do that because that's the way it's done. You know, my, 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 my father-in-law is a great guy, but he's like living, he lives in flipping the thirties or some shit like that. And mm. he says to me, cause Jack goes to a, to a school in, in Amanus where we live, where they're allowed to express themselves. It's a Montessori school called Generations. Oh. Very good. Oh yeah. They, they, um, they talk to trees and they dance around yeah, and they all dress differently. Jack wants to go do homework under the tree, you can do it. Mm. But they have structures. So my father-in-law, every time he sees Jack says, you know, really you need to get this child a haircut. And I said to him, you know what, uh, Basil, there's no correlation between the length of your hair and the ability to do maths. There's nothing, it's, it doesn't work that way because if your hair's short, it doesn't make you more intelligent. You know, so live with it, dude. It's the, it's the, you know, so it's, it's a what new do you thing. Think, what do you think would have been, what do you, what do you think would have been different about you if your parents and everyone else around you hadn't told you to shut up and do what they told you? What, what do you think would have been different, Barry? What, what, what might you have done? I probably still would have been in this field as an entertainer, but I had to, I had to endure being electrician for 10 years because my father said, you have to do this. So maybe mm-hmm. I might have been in Hollywood. I don't know. But saying that, I'm where I am because this is where I'm supposed to be. That's my philosophy. Things, yeah, and there's no, happens and in there, your life. And, and there's, no point, there's no point in regrets, right? Because if you're a depressed yeah. person or you, you're a person who's dealing with depression every day, you can't afford to get swallowed up in could have, would have, should have. One of my biggest regrets would be that I didn't uh, get myself diagnosed earlier. Hmm. But I wouldn't have taken tablets because this, my ADHD and what I have is actually made, if I may be so bold, it's made Barry Hilton. You know, mm. I'm allowed to be a bit of a loon and all that. They go, oh, it's Barry Hilton, it's fine, no problem. So imagine if I'd have, if I'd have done something else and I'd have taken tabs and I'd have, it would have been a completely different world. You know, yeah. I probably would have been speaking to somebody else today, you know. So it's, well, I, I believe all things must pass. Remember George Harrison said that all things must pass. And I believe yeah. in his. Uh, his philosophy when he did that all things must pass it's like dude you have to go through shit to get there you have to experience life to enjoy life and let's not forget he also he he was the one who wrote here comes the sun and you you need to remember about five boys 
<laughs> but I mean, at the same time, it's, uh, you have to, you have to know that the sun's going to rise and that everything will be okay because otherwise that depression can swallow you up. I just want to go well, to yeah, something yeah. here. Go on. Yes. No, no, go on. carry on. No, no Basitana says something here. I want to hear Simpiwe's uh, comments on this because it, it might not be so prevalent anymore. But Basitana says, black people used to think you're left-handed. It was bad luck or evil. My mom forced my brother to be right-handed. Yes, sis, she says. Thank goodness things have changed. Oh, yeah. And he's really- getting out of jail next year. <laughs> <laughs> Is it true? Oh, yeah, it, it, it's very true. It, it does have a bit of a negative um, connotation if you say I'm left-handed in the mm-hmm. black community. Um, but I think my grand was one lady who handled it very well because she was just like, this is my child and there's nothing wrong with her. Um, and so for me, I kind of grew up in a community that was just like, oh, you're left-handed. No, oh, okay. Uh, but she she had to fight those people to be like, yeah, we're not going to make you right with your right hand, even when teachers wanted me to. Like, I even have, like, left-hand scissors. They really, like, made sure that I was fully accepted, you know, that get me all the things that I needed for my left hand. You know, left-handed scissors. It was only a couple of hundred years ago. If you said something wrong, somebody would say to you, you're a witch, and you're a heretic, and they burn you. Yeah. yeah, it's not that long ago. Yeah, It's not that long ago, you know. It's, I uh, wonder... Don't don't you think sometimes that the people who get distracted easily, the people who might have had ADHD, because it's been a part of being human for probably thousands of years. I mean, they've obviously been successful ones and not so successful. But I wonder how many witches they burnt because the people actually were depressed or had ADHD or anxiety boom, or something boom. else. Right? Yeah. yeah. You know how many times people have said to me, you're not right, bro. You're not right. I said, well, what do you mean I'm not right? No, because how can you talk about 12 different things at once? And I just say, welcome to my world, bitch. Well, Valerie, world. Valerie says, Barry, it could have been much worse. You could have become a pole dancer. <laughs> well, do you know what? First of all, I'm not uh-huh. Polish. <laughs> and second of all, look at me. It would be a bloody big pole. <laughs> all right. Listen, Barry, we love you. Thank you so much, oh, my friend. And, and it's been so... It's been so lovely to have you on here, and, and thank you for sharing wow. all of this stuff. Um, it's wow. it's nice wow. to nice to have meaningful conversations on a Friday, but also make us laugh. Everybody, have a happy weekend. We will see you on Monday. Bye.